American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Well, welcome back. We are here today, joined by me. I'm Greg. I'm Jonald Humphrey. And Koi Jandra will be with us in just a couple minutes. He doesn't like to be here for the intros. He's an ass like that. Anyway, guys, we're going to watch Moon Knight Episode 3 today. And then afterwards, we'll, of course, talk about it. So if you want to catch our reaction, that's up on the YouTubes. YouTube.com slash The Real Rejects. But here you'll only get the discussion because, let's face it, you, you can't, you, you just can't listen to a it's reaction. It's not the same. It's just not the same. And, and sometimes I only, I do that to other reaction channels because mm. why would I give them my undivided attention? Well, you don't want to steal a react face or something like that, you know? Yeah, I think I know what you're trying to say. Anyway. Absolutely. Yes, and. When this intro's done, you will hear us talking Right when the episode is done. It's the credits so, have you, have, talk. Yeah, you, under, you understand where we're coming from here? Do people get it? <laughs> we need to start at the beginning and explain how these podcasts are going to work to you. Cut the YouTube intro and the reaction. You get the review here. And then one day we'll we'll truly up the ante on the uh, the sound quality. <laughs> now that I have a better grasp on what it is we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, new mic is in the mail. <laughs> John's new mic has been in the mail for weeks. Supply chain issues, boy. There's a movie being made about that mic. Yeah. It's, just it's the best <laughs> mic. It's good. It's just the one mic. It's a one of a kind. It's made of solid gold. Um, I'm very fascinated with what this mic is that is coming here, and then we'll eventually have. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll get there. We'll we'll graduate. We'll grow over time. We'll grow over time. That's our style. Start off shitty. And then uh, get less get shitty. <laughs> Slowly get less shitty. That's good. All right, let's let's just do it, and um, roll that intro. Yeah, red hot comic book movie, movie news, <laughs> shooting up your butthole. <laughs> Weekly planet. <laughs> Please don't sue us. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dance. Dense. Are we talking about Eternals? Whoa, guys. I mean, there was a lot of non-interference from the gods, so we could be. <laughs> it's true. Are we like still the, doing your credit joke? We're not doing the credit joke. <laughs> we got to do the credits joke. I do Come like on. that they change up the credits every Yeah, time. every episode. And they also change up the music, too. I'm really curious if we're getting Jake now that we have a mysterious third identity. Do you think you can buy that little conchu statue? Uh, within a week. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's coming. Merch. <laughs> I also like that Mr. Knight is now just representative of the other identities, Moon Knight. They can kind of play with that to make him less of a, it wasn't a punchline, but it was a joke in how he was used, and now they can evolve that. 
And that's what yeah. I was hoping they'd do with him. Well, just in that moment alone, Steven's necessity really came into the fold this time. Yeah, and Mr. Knight was a necessity because the control. I don't think there's a post-credit scene. Probably not post-credit scene. But we should wait. We should still wait bit. for safety. Okay. Well, did you guys like it? I liked it. I had a great time. Part of me was a little worried that maybe we would get into the middle and it would start to sag, but it did not. It had one of the crazier fight scenes I think we've seen in a Disney Plus show. Many stabbings. I also was a little worried that it was moving at such a fever pace at the top that the, the sag metaphor is solid. I don't know if it would if I'd get exhausted by it. Like, I was worried it would either dip or it'd be overwhelming, like, too much. But somehow I'm just tired in a good way. I do kind of wish the pacing of this was more like how it was in the last. The first two was definitely a different, more controlled pace. Well, I think the first, the last 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes of this episode, like when Layla and him are driving and they're talking and then they go to the sands, that that's when I was like, I kind of wish this was a little bit more of the pacing for the rest of the episode yeah. because they did jam pack it a lot to the point where so much was just happening. He's chasing down people. We don't know exactly who they're chasing down. For 10 minutes, I thought we accidentally watched the wrong thing that came back. Yeah, because there's a time jump. <laughs> and then it's <laughs> just like, like whoa, we're doing a Bourne movie all of a sudden. Yeah. And and it's so, there's it's moving at such a whiplash pace. You have like everything with Arthur Harrow going on and then Mark Spector. And then when they like, oh, now we're going to meet the gods and now we're dealing with this trial. <laughs> And it was just it's like, boom, 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 boom. And then now we're doing this, like, we need this handsome dude. <laughs> handsome guy's here. With the, with the map. I'm like, okay, this, this is a, it's, it's, it got to the point where I found myself just paying attention to get information. And I wasn't really affected by it as much. Like, whereas like, the last two really gave me a lot of feels. But I think the last, like, 15, 20 minutes of this episode really made up for how I was feeling towards the first half of this. One. I would have preferred seven episodes and had that be like one and a half episodes. Like I would have this preferred, one especially. Yeah, yeah. So like I would have preferred the show been a little longer overall. I mean, obviously we don't know how it's going to land, but like that was a lot. To yeah. Digest. No post credit. And no post credit. It's it's interesting because I really loved the first two episodes a lot. And this was like uh, it's easily my out of the three so far. This is easily the one I would rank third out of them all but there's still a lot to appreciate i'd say i don't know egyptology mm. i don't know the history of it all my most knowledge comes from indiana jones and the mummy <laughs> like and it's all you need my one year in social studies where i really paid attention because i like those movies that's about as far as it goes and i did see movies are important they movies pay attention in history class. might inspire you to pay attention and get a, get a good grade once in a once. while i vividly remember that was period obsessed. of social studies yeah it and worked about osiris and anubis it was great any teachers yeah. watching at home bring in that vcr combo <laughs> yeah. scroll that in so so uh, I liked getting a lot of that lore and history. That's what I mean. I think there's a lot to appreciate there. And I think the set design is really cool. The way they've evolved Conchu as well. Like here was the first time I really got the sense that this guy, while a little bit twisted in how he's like, I really want that Layla girl. You get a sense of actual care from him mm -hmm. in this one, especially in that like those last moments. The most consistent factor that I find really strong is you know, Oscar Isaac interacting with Oscar Isaac. That to me is, is easily the strongest one. We'll get to like our theories and speculation okay. on what's going on a little bit involving Layla and perhaps the third personality. But one, I know we went out of order. You're supposed to be the, you're supposed to be the oh, one that kicks right. us the off, king. Yeah. kicks the ball. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I agree with your assessment in that this does feel like they kind of crammed stuff in. Like, it was all interesting. Like, it's one of those situations where, for me, I was like, I was interested in everything, and I was pleased with everything that we were getting. But, yeah, it was like, this whole, you know, trial seems like it ought to be an expanded sequence or something like that. It's funny because you have so many reasons to go, Indiana Jones or The Mummy. And there are shots that make me think of that. But, yeah, this was much more of sort of like a, you know, foot chase heavy Paul Greengrassy style thing and I like that stylistic shift I feel like it's within the personality of this show and it lends credence to the whole like we're gonna go a little more hardcore I I I'm a little bit distracted when it is like yeah they're throwing down on harsher choreography that still has no blood in it yeah <laughs> uh, you know so there is a we can have blood as long as it's a cut to <laughs> I don't see the blood come out it's weird it was like it was more effective to me in the first episode when you have uh, Stephen Black out and then come back with the blood all over the uh, oh, scale of his hand yeah, and it's like, you know, obviously the trade-off is you get the blood because you don't get the violence in that situation. But, you know, I mean, that that's just a little thing that did kind of stick out at me as I'm curious to see how the MCU going forward, especially in these shows, will bridge that gap because I don't think they've fully managed it here. The character stuff... Uh, was really great, and from the last episode, I remember us being like, I don't know really what, if I wanted to see behind the curtain of Arthur Harrow with, you know, his sinister intent, the way he drains that homeless guy, but I thought the way they brought it back around with him mm. in this episode with his scenes, like, it brought it back to that place of authentic pathos that comes from him. That whole monologue he gives at the end about like, you know, if this mission I'm on, you know, I owe my conviction and, you know, the strength and the burden to you. Like, I thought that brought him back to a, a pretty interesting spot and it helped to alleviate the sort of repetitive structure that this would have in the sense that you have Mark and Layla, you know, scrambling to get somewhere and they do. And then, hey, here comes Arthur Harrow. And he's pretty chill about it and he's in control. <laughs> and, and that happens, you know, a few times, but I thought that when they really settled into scenes, that was when the episode would sing. I totally agree with the Arthur Harrow stuff. I'm back to being 100% interested and immersed in his character, and Ethan Hawke is crushing this very unlikable, likable, charming. Like, every action he's doing is impossibly evil, but he's so charismatic and interesting, you're like, tell me more about your weird, crazy guy. <laughs> so that's, like, really impressive work. And also, I don't know if I've ever seen work with a... DID study quite like what Oscar Isaac's doing because not only do we see visual transformations with just like eyebrow use and all those things from one personality to another, but when he's taken over by Khonshu and the voice of Khonshu feels like it's bursting out of him and he's like getting exhausted by like being overwhelmed by this voice, that's another complete entity and another complete acting style. The work in this is insane. And Layla, we got that whole opening scene where we hadn't really had a lot of time with Layla one-on-one. -on -one. It was really smart to open with that, endear us to her, that way we're more invested in their relationship throughout this episode. So if you only know Mark and Steven, you don't really worry about Layla's relationship. But by the end, we're like, man, Layla's falling for Steven and falling out of love with Mark mm -hmm. at the same time. And now we care about Layla because of that one eight minute scene. So the structure worked for me. But if this episode was an hour and a half or if this was spread across two, I would have preferred it just because I do feel like when you eat a sandwich that has too many toppings, some bites are more <laughs> delicious than others. And there were moments in this that felt like a too salty bite. And I wanted the bites to be spread out. It's a really great metaphor. Great metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> Solid. No, I just I literally thought of it in this moment. That's like a perfect metaphor yeah. throughout this episode. Too many, too many toppings in my sandwich. Yeah. Also, I'm hungry. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of comfort hunger too. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people who probably like really, other people like this is their favorite and it's totally fine. Yeah, I think there's a lot to appreciate. I think the action was cool. I, I prefer more of the close-ups on Moon Knight when he's fighting because sometimes it's moving out way too fast for me. Like when he got to the roof, I'm like, what the fuck? He was just there. 
like a second ago. <laughs> I also think this would have been a really hard script to direct because I imagine Muhammad looked at the script and went, okay, we're gonna cover yeah. this today. Like, yeah. it's just like the sheer volume of what this episode <laughs> needed to do because we haven't seen, and you know, shooting four, five, on location too. And, and, and like, we, we haven't seen where this goes and what they had to connect from blank to blank to, but I can't imagine this was not, not intimidating. No. So yeah. like, it's a really impressive feat from the actor standpoint, director standpoint, production design standpoint, costume design standpoint. One of my favorite scenes of this whole series so far is what they just did at the end with Conchu and Mr. Knight, literally re going back through time. But I can't imagine looking at the script starting with Layla and ending with that and being like, this is an episode of television. It feels like it was also quite the bite to take when looking at a six episode series, which makes me really intrigued what four, five, and six are, because if this was two, three, what is the rest of the show? Yeah, I haven't lost faith in it because normally with, with these shows, I'm like, okay, episode one and two were kind of slow, but three's when it gets good. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting effect when you're like, yeah, three was okay but one and two were great. So it's like, it makes you still like heavily invested. I I'm like AAB plus so far. Like it's still yeah. high for me, but it was just a slight, and that was just overwhelm, which a lot of people also like, this is gonna, I mean, I'm sorry to us, but we're a little older. Like maybe there's the next generation who's more of the TikTok mindset where they're like, just gotta need stimuli. <laughs> <laughs> they're keeping going. I need more at all times. Move, move, there, there's, move. there's a very plausible reason that like Disney making a show that's this dense might have felt the compulsion to have this much in an episode because a lot of people are on their phones when they watch TV. A lot of people are scrolling a lot of people you can't with this episode so maybe there is something to like when we look back at 60s and 70s movies the pacing is like watching paint dry for me 80 percent of the time i struggle this might be us just getting old and this is the new standard and we're just seeing it and feeling like overwhelmed for the first time like i don't know what the standard operating procedure for content and and like amount in in time is going to be in five years but it could just be like world yeah, maybe Koi. Uh, <laughs> that's, maybe that's what it is. I'm saying younger people might enjoy it more, but it's still a B plus for me personally. It's still like one of the better Marvel shows so far. I think with the fighting, it was interesting. I like the close-ups on it more because that's when it looked the more real. Practical, yeah. There were parts of it that I'm like, oh, that does feel like Ben Affleck in the warehouse fight and, and certain shots, certain moments when he is pounding on them. Sometimes though, I am curious why some shots of Moon Knight's outfit. There are some shots where I'm like, I get why that part looks CGI, but why does this other part look CGI? And so I don't really understand the mechanics. I know they do these like behind the scenes on their Disney Plus shows. I'm curious to know why some shots are like so overtly CGI when I when it when I doesn't it feel like, like necessitating doesn't feel like it necessitates it, but I yeah. and it pulls me out because I feel like with Conchu they've like mastered how to do Conchu in like broad daylight yeah. or yeah. At night. They know how to really like mask him, shadow him in to the point where it looks so good. And even like the last effects, you know, with the with the stars and stuff, I thought yeah, it was beautiful. Cool. The bowl that looked like straight out of the comic. It was amazing to look at. Mr. Knight always looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. But then Moon Knight sometimes I'm going, why does he look so computer at times when I he doesn't seem like he needs to? I like the fight a lot. It definitely, like you said, more stabby stabby than most more of stabby, the stabby. more stabby stabby. Also there we inventive. go. We've seen thousands of fights. I've never seen a horse spike fight. <laughs> so I like having a new style of fight because the comics are able to do so many different. Also, also, I didn't even, uh, this is the highlight of the episode for me. And it's a silly small thing, but because of my comic book love, they did the thing here that Eternals failed at. You guys know I love Eternals. What? I saw you, I knew it was coming. I even looked. What? I In Eternals, they made a movie that felt removed from the MCU, but had to go like, remember the MCU with a couple lines of dialogue that for me felt forced and actually like uh, took me out instead of in. This mentions a location within the MCU in a 
in a context that makes sense and it goes, hey, we're gonna keep this very unique tone. This show feels nothing like a lot of the MCU, but because the word Madripoor in a sentence that fits in context is said, in the comics that, that word would've been bold. Like you would've just felt that little like connectivity mm. and therefore this feels like the comic work version of a shared universe more than the MCU. The MCU feels like the movie shared universe. This feels like reading a comic and hearing like, oh, I get it, and then flip the page. Like yeah. I thought that was the perfect delivery for Madripoor and for the MCU at all. You know, in the last episode, there was a book that was that had Asgard on it and Wakanda. You know, in the first episode, when they hit that bus, the bus had the GRC on it, which is the uh, thing they mentioned about like monitoring stuff in uh, phase four. Little yeah. details, but Madripoor is out loud and cool. Yeah. You know what I think that what what might have the reason why the emotional effect in my mind felt like it was moving too fast. There was a lot of new characters in this episode. Mm. You know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like it feels like a new setup. That's why I was like, did yeah. I miss something? In the last <laughs> like, and I was like replaying the previous thing on my head. I was like, no, that's where I left off. Like it's just like, did I miss something in a week? Yeah, that is a good point because it didn't hit me at the time, and this episode gave me part of what I was hoping for last time, which was okay. Now we're gonna do the mark with Steven breaking through episode, Loved. and yeah, it. Yeah, it didn't hit me until now, but you are dealing with so many new places and people the whole time. So to quickly touch back on that thing that you said about the fighting, I think that too goes against the theory that this is all in his head or that there's some kind of alternate reality that we're experiencing here. Because the more he teleports around and the more other people acknowledge mm, that, the yeah. more it feels like, and even things like the jackal or, or her being aware of the suit, it seems like this is a tangible thing that is actually mm. magical and is actually happening. It hit me during this, uh, that this has two themes that are like really kind of cyclical throughout the MCU. So even though it's not like reference heavy, it is dealing with how do we handle preventative crime fighting and also <laughs> gods not wanting to interfere with the follies and squabbles of man. Those converge here mm -hmm. in a really heavy way. And it's like we had that in Civil War with the whole, you know, like eyes in the sky kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And we've watched the Shield season seven right now. And that's all about the past. And hey, should we take the shot in the past if it means preventing blah, blah, blah in the future? Like there's so much about preventative crime in the MCU and I'm now also waiting for them to take that one step further because we have this format to do that in and I thought sure, you sure. know there were some good arguments toward that within this episode uh, on display and that was some of the strongest stuff they did here. We don't often talk about the macro of our world in relation to the MCU but bringing up preventative crime and something I've been thinking about a lot in our fiction is obviously we're living in an age of like needing the moral compass of heroes in our fiction because our world feels like it's crumbling at all times and we're seeing as we get older more and more evil go unchecked and all of our governments and all of our formats aren't actually doing any of the things that we were raised to think they were to do but we're entering an age of like recording everything in a very Orwellian sense. We literally film everything to the point where there's gonna be a time when the 90s and 80s and earlier are gonna be considered prehistoric because mm -hmm. there isn't gonna be an objectivity. Like, I'm sorry, a subjectivity. Everything is gonna be an objectivity. Everything is gonna be recorded. So it's gonna be like, this is true, this is not. But then very soon thereafter, there's gonna be a level of deep fakes and a level of unreality where we're not gonna actually know what is real on record or not because we're already getting deep fake visual and voices that are almost photorealistic. So we're gonna have this short window where Objectivity is going to take over and what's that going to look like with preventative crime when everything is so point shoot true false and what is that grayscale of morality going to be versus law because so many laws are so outdated with the current structure of reality it's a great philosophical point because Marvel yeah. addresses that in each of their films like we're saying mm -hmm. but we don't look at that in our day-to-day -day. we don't reflect that as much but this show doing that through something so elevated as Egyptian gods from historic times is really interesting to look at how you feel about certain things how you feel yeah. about Harrow how you feel about Mark how you feel about Stephen in 
in relation to how it affects your day-to-day -day life of what you perceive these laws and realities and, and rules as, if that make any sense. You got that all from, from this one episode? Just... I got that all from life, Greg. <laughs> I got that all from life. <laughs> that is a great, like, societal point of view. I think at its core with the MCU, and in this show in particular, really focuses on what its characters is about self-acceptance. Mm -hmm. That's probably the top theme, I think. Like, this whole thing with Mark and Steven is they're at odds with one another. Mark clearly doesn't like himself and feels ashamed. Steven feeling like he's not good enough. And if you look at all our other characters in the MCU, a lot of times their arc is learning to be like, you know what? I am enough. I can do this for <laughs> me. Yeah. Whatever my affliction might be is actually also part of my strength. Yeah. And that's so comic booky. Like that's yeah. one of the things I like about comic books is is your weakness is often your strength and the things that make you unique are the thing that makes True. you strong. And I mean, and I think in all of our lives, the th once we accepted more of our weird shit, we mm -hmm. became better at our jobs and our lives and our personal lives and our relationships. And I think that the, the Marvel characters are very good at going like, hey, X-Men, what makes you a freak is your strength. Hey, Spider-Man, that like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I think Moon Knight accepting that Steven is the strength and some circumstances and Mark is the strength in others. When Mark literally kills people in Steven's little dweeb, those strengths are really incredible yeah. to have with two characters competing for a body. I do gotta say, Steven did kind of annoy me a little bit when Mark was fighting off those yeah. people. Yeah, he needed to let go, yeah. And Steven was like interfering, yeah. being let, let go. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? There's the one time I got, I know some people are back and forth with Steven. Oh, is he an annoying character or not? A lot of people actually like fight about that. I've seen it in the comments. I don't find him annoying. I like him a lot. I love him. I actually like him more than Mark. I think he's a much more amusing personality than Mark. Like Mark is, I don't know, getting more Mark in this episode. I enjoyed him. I mm. think Oscar Isaac does a great job, but let's face it, his, character, his portrayal is like, it's a little bit more straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's about what you'd expect. Mark's a hammer and, and Steven's a more of a fine tooth comb. Like they're different skill sets. No, yeah, a thousand percent. Like, you know, I think that's what works best with Mark is when he's interacting with Steven is the compliment of the personalities. Right. That's why I love those scenes so much is because of that. But when you don't have like Mark really interacting with Steven or Conchu for that matter, I don't find Mark anywhere near as engaging as I do find Steven particularly. Although whenever he is donning Moon Nun, I'm like, hell yeah. Let's go, okay. Moon Knight. That's great. Now we got to talk really quick. A couple of theories. You might want to turn off the video now in case. Just a couple of theories here. One, Jake Lockley, the cab driver personality who's more of like the guy on the... It would stand a reason that it could be Jake Lockley as that third personality. Mm -hmm. Jake Lockley is more of like the dude who goes on the streets, gathers information and whatnot, yeah, you know, walks among amongst the people. The people. Yeah. And so I could see him being like, yeah, he's, he's, he's out and about. And this is like in the daylight because I was like a little bit stricken by, oh, wow, Mark's just out there in the daylight messing people up on rooftops right now. <laughs> okay, cool. So I could see it being Jake Lockley. I think Jake might be our lead for the last third. I think Jake might come in at the That'd end. That'd be surprising, yeah. Well, think about how, like, we talked about how she doesn't really know Mark. Steven doesn't feel like he has a lot of history. We don't know the stuff with Steven and his mom and the later Gator stuff, all those things. And then these blips first introduce the idea of there being someone else. What if these two are in Jake's head? True. Well, it's interesting because Mark brought up a point about like, I thought I was fine for like the last few years, but only recently I started breaking. So it seems like Mark has been aware of his other personalities for a while, mm -hmm. which would be comic accurate. But then he suppressed them to the point where they forgot. Yeah. Or like, or like Stephen Grant forgot about Mark. And, and all what's that. time perception when you're trapped in the mirror? And like, how long is anything yeah. for another personality? So I think that could be the case. With Layla, it seems like that she would be the daughter of because in the comic around the time before Mark's when Mark Spector's just mercenary mm. and then there's a guy 
and the and Lemire Smallwood run. They paint him to look like Sam Neill yeah. <laughs> from Jurassic Park. <laughs> he gets killed. I don't think that character was Layla, but I think they would that probably would adopt her to be it. here. That would probably be why yeah. Mark is like, I feel guilty. Shut up. Maybe she doesn't know he was involved. Yeah, I think he killed Sam Neill. You think so? Yeah, I think I, Mark, killed, Mark killed her Layla's dad. dad. I think I feel what, like you'd be on the same mission, but maybe I think he killed him. Wow. I think that's what Harrow's holding. I think Harrow knows. Or, they or he's, would they go or, that far? I think they <laughs> might. The show? Or maybe he's somehow responsible in, uh, in, in an like indirect, indirect way, way or, or maybe he wasn't able to save him or something like that. I do that. think that's that why he's... I'm saying he was part of it. He was like, yeah. there when it happened. I think you murked him. I feel like he's it would be... a mask. I feel like it would be an interesting challenge if they actually let him be the one who did it. Because then what would the conversation be about her loving Stephen and not Mark? Yeah. Because Mark killed her dad, but Stephen didn't. Same body, though. How do you forgive the body of a man? That's a, there's a philosophical <laughs> question. <laughs> if you've got multiple personalities, so one of them is a common give problem with people that. who date people with the idea. Like you said, polyamory's weird. Gets complex. Get all your polyamory in a one stop shop. <laughs> Mark Spector, Stephen Grant, Jake Lockley. They're probably f different too. Like they'd they be do. like a gentle they lover, absolutely. and Mark would probably be more aggressive. One might be subservient, one might be a dom. They probably have different kinks. You know, that body is. Steve would be like, I don't, I don't know what to do right now. I like this. Do I get the dual? I can't get up no, right no, now. I think Stephen <laughs> has got all that geeky, like, stamina, and Mark's got too much PTSD where he's actually the struggle. I think Stephen better than Mark. And no, but Jake Jake cleans up more. Oh, than Jake handles it. Jake's the man of the cab all yeah. day. He knows what he's doing. That's why you need Jake the second third of the show. He knows third, all third the, the good alleyways. I want the, yeah, the second half of the show should be like eyes wide shut in Egypt. Gotta send this to Disney, let them know what we want. Make it happen. <laughs> you know, when you're tired and I'm tired, we perform at two very different energy levels. It's fascinating. You're still if remarkably I, sharp. Go ahead. I, just go, I go up and up in order to not yeah. fall asleep. It's impressive. I wish I had some food here. Guys. Sandwiches. <laughs> overstuffed. What'd you think? Leave your thoughts down below. Hey, we'll catch you guys soon. Check us out on Patreon. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, 
plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.